Mic check. One, two. One, two. One, two. Three mums and a whole heap of drama. Mama drama! It's Rex with the realness. It's your girl, Charles. Mix of the K. Hey. Hey. Hi, guys. So it is episode 13. Thank you so much for continuing to listen and support, getting in touch with your comments, with our polls. We're loving the conversation. Um, so today we're going to continue our race conversation because I think it's really important. Um, there's still so much that needs to be said and we've also got so much we still want to say. I think one of the things I want to do today is kind of talk more on the children's side because I think we rushed a little bit on how to raise anti-racist kids but also acknowledging like having that race conversation with your kids when are we going to start having it those kind of conversations um but what i wanted to start with was kind of an update from last week so since uh, the protests what's actually happened and made a difference because shell sometimes burning some shit down really helps has <laughs> <laughs> your position changed no really no, no. I get it. I get it. But um, no, I still feel the same way. Really? I've seen a lot of passionate videos about why people feel that, you know, it's something that's okay to do. Not even okay that, you know, because they're angry and things haven't changed and so on. It's not even their own community. It's not their own buildings, it's not their own properties. Um, it's not their own shops. So I've seen a lot of like voiced opinions on the ground, but ultimately I still, I'm still like, nah. <laughs> one thing that I saw online that I'm like hell yeah was there was like a meme or something that said we built this for free so we can tear it down for free and I was like it's true <laughs> it's true we built this country so <laughs> we could do whatever we need to but some of the things I wanted to highlight that are really great that have happened since um the officer who actually murdered and i'm going to use the word murdered george floyd has now been charged with second degree murder which is brilliant um and the other three officers have also been charged with aiding and abetting second degree murder both sentences carry a 30 year um yeah both sentences carry 30 years so let's just pray that the judge convicts and sentences accordingly um, the other great things that have come out of this, there have been all 50 states protested against what happened and 18 countries around the world have also protested against what's been happening and in support of the Black Lives Movement. Um, in terms of other people, so Ahmad Aubrey has now also received justice for what happened to him. Um, the two men that murdered him and now they've now found enough evidence to convict them of murder and um, the police officers I don't know if you guys have seen there was also in one of the protests in Louisville one of the police officers killed an innocent man another innocent black man he's now been um, fired and an investigation into murder has also gone through so it's helping I think People need to shout and scream shells because mm -hmm. things are happening. 
But I do agree. I think now we, we've done the screaming, we've done the shouting. Now is the time to kind of step back and look at what are kind of the next steps. Mm. What would you guys say you think the next step should be? Of the what's happened on social media since it's happened. I always want to say last week, with last week's episode, it was so close to the aftermath from what happened. We were so beaten. We were so exhausted and tired. That probably came from an episode. We were quite deflated and just, we were just fed up. But then we've also seen a lot on social media with everybody posting, all of the brands now speaking out. We had the Blackout Tuesday, timelines were black. So people have started to um, speak out more. And I think that's necessary. We need to speak out on every level possible, whether that's by doing a post and raising awareness to people who wouldn't have otherwise known, whether it's in your workplace, whether it's calling out things in schools because um, kids are facing racial prejudice in schools from their teachers. We need to continue calling out. Mm. I think that... Come on, Miss Peacemaker. No, 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 no. I'm not a peacemaker. The thing is, right a lot of people like to do a lot of talking with no action um and sometimes it just um it's it's jarring it's boring like just leave the talking out sometimes we don't need to hear voices sometimes we just need to see people actually physically doing things um I actually had a little conversation with my mum and I just feel like it's a little bit sad the world the way the world has gone now in any kind of circumstance if if anything was happening, people are so quick to like take their phones out um, rather than actually intervening um, or trying their hardest to try and de-escalate the situation. Um, And I just feel like in terms of making changes as well, there's just a lot and it has to start from home. Um, I know I've seen a lot about obviously black owned businesses and um, building your own finances and making your own coins and stuff like that. Um, I think that is good and it's good to strive for the best 100%, but we also have to be realistic about what we can do, can't do. Um, So, yeah. In terms of of that, because I've, I've seen a lot of this debate where people were threatening the girl who actually filmed what happened to George Floyd, um, Mm. saying that she should have done more, she should have intervened. Mm. But it's like, what would you do in that situation? If you had filmed it, we wouldn't be where we are now. So I think it's important to recognise there are so many parts to the movement. Like, I I agree, it's not good just to be all chat, 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 chat. But for some, a chat is all they can actually do. I don't know if they can do more. And their chat could make a difference. We might think, oh, it's just a post. But if I'm one black person with lots of white followers who don't really know what's going on. I saw one girl say, just from her points up on her story, her white friends are messaging her like, what's going on? Because at that point, they hadn't, they weren't aware. So sometimes, of course, just talking alone isn't enough, but there are so many different cogs to the machine. So mm. people have a role to play. Some mm. might be someone who talks, some might be someone who pose. Other people might not pose. They'll be in the background, bailing people out, telling yeah. people about their rights. Like there are so many different parts to the movement. Mm. I mean, I, I get I mean, in, I said, and I had that same argument with my mum, but she just felt like people just literally whip out their phones for anything. And are you doing it for the spectatorship? 
Are you doing it because you genuinely care? Are you doing it for, for clout? What are you doing it for? What is the purpose of you recording this on your phone? And I just want to take it away from the matter. People do it on an everyday basis. It could just be a flat in the street. It could be some kind of incident happening and people are just standing there recording. So are we slaves to our phones or are we actually genuinely interested in helping our neighbour and supporting someone else who's on the ground literally being murdered? So that's kind of the complex there. And I said to mom, like, literally, this is how we raise awareness. You know how things are shared through internet and blah, 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 social media. It's, it's got a big play in, um, in terms of raising awareness. Um, so, yeah, I do agree that we all have a different kind of part to play and role to play in the whole building awareness and obviously raising anti-racist children. Um, I just want to ask, though, Nick, what do you think or because you've mentioned actually rap just mentioned rather that a, f- a friend had posted something about um white people perhaps not being aware do you feel that they're not aware or do you just feel that they don't care because there's a difference between not being aware because there's certain things that they wouldn't understand or they wouldn't know so what it feels like to feel um racially discriminated against yeah. but if you are the oppressor okay technically to a degree you would understand or you would know that you've got some form of leverage you may not understand fully and in depth so for me it's about are you because they see the news you watch the news like you know what's happening but you just actually don't care and I think do you know what it is I understand what you're saying but some people just are so in their bubble that Mm you could see something on the news and be like it's news it's the same Mm. way like if you look at all the things that have happened around corona people have passed away to due to corona but a lot of people are still going outside still going to the beaches because it's not happened to them it's not happened to their family so it's just something that's on the news Mm. and so if it's not and and a lot of people are just that ignorant like Mm. if it's not happening in their back garden it's not happening it's not really real. It's just something that's been on the news. Mm. I think there's a mixture. I do think part of it is to people not caring and being desensitised. You hear about it all the time. Like we've heard about racism isn't new. It's been happening, but it's only now people are waking up. So white people could have seen it or seen a headline. It might have come up, like say of all they consume in a day, a, a, a like police brutality or something to do with racism could have factored like 10% of their news intake because it could have been consumed of so much more like the Kardashians last week we saw Madeline McCann all over the papers out of out of nowhere so it could depend on literally what they're consuming and yeah whether they actually give a damn because people before were quite happily it's like an example it relates to what you say about people doing stuff like people could be on the street they could see something and do they stop to help or they keep going unfortunately a lot of people black people white people every color have been just toddling along ignoring the evils of racism but now they're waking up so personally if that's happening as a result of this movement and these posts it's a good thing if it's forcing people who are ignoring it before to pay attention it's a good thing mm-hmm. and i mentioned to you guys even in my workplace i'm seeing it now there were like blogs people are writing about it People are asking questions. People are like commenting, all lives matter. <laughs> Personally, when I saw that, I felt rage, but someone else at the time to explain to that person, you know, that house analogy. And it's for us, it's frustrating to have these conversations, but I also understand that some people are just actually ignorant or naive. They don't understand. And some of them need the explanation. Mm. The thing that killed me the most was when I saw on Twitter, blue lives matter was trending. Right, right. It's just ridiculous. 
and they don't see you could you could sometimes for some people you can reason them to a point of being like rational but some be like no but what about the officers what about everyone else you know what about what about what about because yeah they just don't care it's just like pipe down you you guys been suffering like we don't care so we're up against a lot of different things Mm. I'm I just wanted to know this is just me being curious though um what's the difference between this movement now that's happening in 2020 and that that may have happened maybe 30 years ago 40 years ago because there have been riots throughout black history this is not the first time that we've rioted this is not the first time that things have been um set alight or people have been angry etc so what makes this so different why is it so pivotal i i think the the heavy influence of social media has had a positive effect because it's uniting people around the world whereas if you looked at a riot 30 years ago the only information that you would get was would be from a news outlet and that would be misconstrued or manipulated in whatever way they wanted to manipulate it so at least now so for example with the riots that happened it wasn't even a riot it was a protest what happened yesterday people only want to focus on the horse that escaped or the few people that were throwing things at the horse and the police whereas mm. there is 90 percent of the pictures that i was seeing all day were peaceful there were signs everyone was just marching in unity um so now we can control the narrative so even if things like the daily mail wonder post on the front page the horse escaping saying that people are throwing bikes at a horse we know what actually happened mm. i think the effect is the effect is to be seen and it's all determined by what happens now what are we going to do social media has had a great impact in raising awareness companies are being drawn out left right and center where L'Oreal came out like, yeah, we supported people like, hold on, but two years ago, you were doing this. So people are being drawn out. They're like, show your statistics. What are you doing? And companies are being drawn out to the point where they're saying pretty little thing. We're like, we're going to engage with this, this, this. People are having to put in like statements or action plans of what they're going to do. So it's going to be down to us, to, down to all the individuals to continue doing the work and just ensuring that progress is happening. And hopefully as a result, everyone's more alert and more awake because before, I, th I think people, although you had some people who were like freedom fighters, many other people were still afraid to speak up. So hopefully now there'll be less people who are afraid to speak up. And also with like the movements in the past, guys, they pumped like crack allegedly into the black community to dismantle the Black Panther. So people who were screaming like black power turned into crackheads and cokeheads mm. on the street. So like there were other things that derailed the movement, but hopefully with how it's globalised, that everyone's caring and everyone's planning to take action, things do actually move forward. Yeah, I think it can't just stop here. That's the key thing. It can't just, we can't just retweet and post some pictures for another week or so. We need to continue um, just to speak out. Um, I've noticed that there's a couple of people who've spoken out about things that have happened to them at work in the past and now like CEOs of companies are stepping in to reinvestigate and reinvestigate the people that shut it down in the first place. So mm. this is the time to speak out for any injustices that people are facing in the workplace or have faced previously. 
Okay. It's a lot to Are you pessimistic? Do you think nothing's going to happen? You think she's going to die out? I just think that the power is now, like the time is now. If we want to see a change, we literally have to be it and make it and not go back to just like sucking it up and ignoring when things happen. Mm. But what are you skeptical about whether people will do anything I'm, or not? I'm a skeptic, the biggest one that you might meet. So I'm just like, because something has happened, it's triggered emotion. And obviously, as we know, and I discussed like last week, people do act off of emotions. Um, I think once everyone's more calm and collected, people that are saying, yeah, let's boycott all these brands and so on and so forth, we're still going to see them posing on the ground with their Gucci and their Prada and their Balenciagas. And I'll hold my hands up and say I might be even included in that as well. So um, <laughs> it's just like, I don't know how genuine it's not even genuine how like I said it's the talking aspect for me it's just like yeah we're talking we're talking we're talking but we're still going to suck into this whole rat race this whole kind of you know whatever it is keeping up with the Joneses whatever you want to call it do you know what I mean um and it's going to deter and it's going to move away from that kind of the progression that we have made and I do feel like yeah there will be changes um to the scale that we want I'm not quite sure um but yeah I, I do want us to be persistent that's what I do want that's what I'd hope would be an outcome as long as the changes even if the changes are small as long as they're continuous then that's what we can hope for if we continue mm. to make small steps so right it might not be realistic to say we're going to boycott all these brands because we don't have anything to replace it with so we're going to need clothes we're going to need this but if we say instead of just maybe making one change so where there are ways that we can support black owned black owned companies we can try and do that until mm. there is something to replace what we need because if we just say oh we're only going to support these companies and there's there isn't that to replace what we're currently doing then it's not realistic mm -hmm. yeah yeah I agree with that and like you like you said last week I think education is the key like this I've seen a lot of people educating themselves myself included like mm -hmm. learning about so many um people things that have happened in the past what I can do in the future just reading has made the biggest difference I am um, I watched 13 the 13th yesterday on Netflix have you guys watched it yeah Not great. I'm gonna watch it it's brilliant um watching that just even like American history has always been kind of pumped into me because of my mum and it's not taught here so there's some things that I knew but then there's other things that you've yet to be informed of so when you're watching it you're just literally like yeah. I had to take a break I literally paused it had to take a break and go back and watch it again because it it's a lot it so really is pandemic. and I, what I learned about today I learned that there used to be there was a black free village of um African Americans in Central Park I learned that today I didn't know it's called Seneca Village a settlement where freed slaves had bought their own land were, were entitled to vote they had their own schools their own churches own everything the white people didn't like it, forced them out. And now we have Central Park where we all go, I've been there, I love it, take pictures, oh, it's so beautiful. But there's history right there that we're not even aware of. So there's so much learning to be done. Mm. And there's so many places in America like that. Like that's just one 
place there's so many different places where this has happened um but that's that's the key i think for us and our children it's just making sure we're educating them having those conversations just thinking like what kind of steps can we take as parents mm. to have those conversations i just thought of something now to do about the changes and the, what's going to be different this time i think what's different this time is the people on the fence like the people on the fence are being called out because i think well, to an extent we're always going to have people who are racist i think there's still some people who ride for the nazis like we're riding for people who hate jews etc there's always going to be a subset of people who are just going to hate us for being black but you have all the people in between who are just like milling through maybe turn a blind eye or loving black culture enjoying it but not actively speaking out it seems like those that category of people have been woken up to actually be more outspoken about it. So mm. they could be part of the change as to why it's going to be different this time. Mm. Sorry, Nick, to detract from your point. It's, it's reminded me, like, I have a really good friend for who's from Finland and um, she is a nanny and she told me the other day, like, she, I can't remember, I think the little boy's like eight and the girl's five or something like that. And they asked her, they said, what's the bad cop? what uh, or does this mean all police are bad and I was like this is a great opportunity for you to now teach these children because their parents are useless their parents aren't going to have that conversation they're going to brush it under the rug but this is where you the person who spends the most time with them realistically you can educate them and so I was really proud like you know when you know you've chosen like the right people to be friends with so yesterday mm -hmm. she downloaded a book so you want to talk about race on her kingdom was reading and trying to educate herself so that tomorrow when she goes back to work she's able to have that right conversation so it's like little small wins like that will help the movement in the future mm -hmm. so I think we just we kind of got to be a bit patient as well we've done we've done the drastic action now it's now time to make the little steps to make things better for longer mm. So linking back to our title then, how are we going to raise these kids? <laughs> okay, we've, talk, we've, we've, read, we've talked about education, but what other things can we do? What can we recap our top myths for this for last week so we're not covered over old grounds? Yeah. Um, I think I said search within ourselves to ensure yeah. that we're not, we, we're not holding these prejudices within us, whether it's for Asians, whether it's for light skin, dark skin, African, Caribbean, that we search it within ourselves so we ensure we're not projecting it onto our children. Mm. yours was read 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 which is read some more educating yourself basically and i think we basically just highlighted that for the kids um so yeah that was a top myth for last week so for the children as well that could be we shared diverse books on our instagram this week they'll be in our highlighted stories ensuring that the stories that they're receiving aren't just from a certain voice that they're reading about different voices, different perspectives, and also that the black stories they're learning aren't just about the struggle. Yeah, because exactly. black people were something before we were slaves. Mm -hmm. So ensuring that they have an array of information. Mm -hmm. that's, my, that's been my thing that I want to teach myself this year was what was the whole continent of Africa like before people were kidnapped and made into slaves what were they doing what was that history like those are the things that I want to learn because you kind of the history I know personally is what happened next it's not what happened before mm -hmm. so it's key to show this there was a life before this 
Mm. But aside from education, I think we've kind of touched on representation is important. So books, dolls, music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> them different things they appreciate cultures. And I think I said last week as well, encouraging them to speak up. So again, we have to lead by example in all of these things, but encouraging your children to speak up. So if they experience racism or see it that they don't just stand by and let it happen mm. that they're brought up in the nature of speaking up and not just like keeping stum or being worried about being reprimanded losing a job not getting a job all those things that people in our generation and generation before have struggled with like there have been times where i might in when i was younger going to going to work i'd be um apprehensive about wearing my hair in an afro this is like years ago but this is this is something that i've lived through so encouraging them from birth to be ready to bring their full self it's complex because um teaching your child to love themselves i think it's about their self-image as well Mm. like so making them aware that you are black um but not that you're different but you're black and you have to embrace your blackness um and that means your hair looks a bit different um your texture may look a bit different or feel different um, obviously your skin tone is what people see when they first observe you so your skin shade is a bit different um, but then that doesn't make you less of a person um, that just makes you unique and it's just about developing confidence and um, building and strengthening a really strong individual um, so they're aware of these facts because you will still get in the office like people wear wigs to go to work like a lot of people do it i barely rarely you might see a few here and there that will have their afro out or camos or wet braids or whatever but the majority of people wear eurocentric things to make them fit in perhaps or to be more approachable i don't know what it is yeah people do it um so i just feel like i'm i guess what i'm trying to say is that our children need to know that in terms of being accepted, they may still not be accepted because of their differences. Yeah. And that's okay. They just need to learn. Well, it's not okay, but yeah, they need to learn that they need to be able to articulate themselves in a way so people can understand who they are, what they are and what they basically represent. Um, and I kind of raised it my, we had a team meeting this week and they kind of asked me like, what's my view? And I said, look, I've got a black boy. Um, I don't want him to feel any type of way about wearing a tracksuit. Um, he should be able to wear a tracksuit. He should be able to wear his hood up. Like, why, why did they make hoodies? If they, if he wants to put his hood on, he could wear his hood. If I buy him a car and it's got like nice rims or whatever, he's saved up his money and I've given him money to get a nice car and he does whatever he does with it. He shouldn't have to feel any type of way for driving a nice car because that's what he's chosen to do or if he decides to ride a pedal bike with a group of friends why should he feel any type of way so it's just about obviously ensuring that our children know that yes there are discriminatory factors like people are going to associate with certain things um and that's not to deter you from being that discriminatory factors because if you want to wear a tracksuit if you want to hang out with a group of boys you can do that you're a child you're a young person that's what you're going to do um don't let that define you um but then also just ensuring that they know that they're not obviously going down that that slippery slope where they can now become the 
the uh, the minority in jails and all of that stuff and criminal activity and all of that so I think that would be it for me confidence yeah I think something to touch on as well is um I think our tips generally, apart from the one we've said more recently about that self-image, apply to if we have parents of other races listening, they apply to your kids too. So please educate them <laughs> on other, other um, that they're not better than anyone else because of their colour and to read diverse literature and diverse music. What was my point? <laughs> <laughs> Mum brain, I'm going to say. Mum brain. Mum <laughs> brain, guys, come back. Come back to me. Oh my gosh. I'm here doing wrap up and just lost my show. <laughs> I think yeah, I was waffling. I'm sorry. I was trying to get somewhere. <laughs> what you said is important because I think our parents had to think about things slightly differently. Because my mum made it very clear she gave me a white name so that I will never be judged on paper. Because mm-hmm. um, it's true, being someone who interviews for jobs, like I interview people, you do look at a CV and it's bad. Like you look at the CV, you look at the name, you look at where they live. Like it's a terrible mm-hmm. thing. And it's something that needs to change. But the, the parents of the next generation, these are steps we need to, we've already said we want to have more communication with our children. And that's, and this is where it starts. Yeah, I think we need to be bold with our name. Because my mum said she's done that as well. She picked a name that if somebody picked it up, they wouldn't be able to, t- they wouldn't be able to prejudge me. Because we've seen people say that they've changed their name on applications and got a job, whereas when they've applied with their native name they don't get a job but i think things like that need to be need to change we need to be more proud about who we are and unapologetic about it too because even when i was picking my daughter's name my people would say to me oh why don't you go for something you know a bit more like less black what is a black name anyway but they said like make it more racially ambiguous i was just like F that at the end of the day uh, does she really want to be in spaces that don't accept her as who she is anyway like i think we need to be past that now if you don't want to take me as i am you're not for me if I've got to be silent about my struggles and I can't check you on how you're treating me for being different, for being black, that space isn't for me anymore. So I think we need to be more bold as people to mm. be more confident, to represent our cultures, how we see fit. If you like a name that is historically Caucasian, that's fine too. But if you would otherwise go for like your ethnic name, be happy about using it. Mm. And I've remembered my point. <laughs> my point was to do with, um, or just to discuss what a parent might do where their child's the only black in the area and the only, or the only black in the school because I've seen people online where, well, it can make you question yourself because when I went to school in Essex as well, I was like the only black in my year. I was, it didn't make me question my identity, but you do, you, you realise that not everybody looks like you. And maybe I was still grounded because I still came home to my family every evening, every weekend, I saw my cousins, but people do have those um, identity issues. Similarly, I've seen people who are mixed race online often saying they feel like, too black for white spaces and too white for black spaces or if if a person's like mixed race or black and they've grown up in a predominantly white area they're ashamed of being black or they wish that they weren't so it has the confidence point teaching people teaching the kids to appreciate their culture and to be confident about who they are too even when the world like puts it down or even when you can't see yourself in others being confident in that space but I think it's easier said than done I think you you made a good point you have a really strong family network so your fam your identity where you guys are from that that's very strong and that's instilled in you a lot of my family doesn't live here it lives in America they live in America so growing up for me it's not that I ever wished that I could be white or I wished I was white I just kind of wished that I fit in more because 
at school I was too black for black children I, I was too black for the white kids and to my dad's side of the family I was too white for them because I went to private school because I spoke differently to them I acted differently I dressed differently so I never really had a space to fit in so I think it would be important for me to teach Amelia that confidence self-confidence and self-worth from the beginning because my mum made it very clear about our history but didn't really focus on my self-confidence if that makes sense um Mm. my grandma god rest her soul was such a confident woman like she had affirmations every day she would tell herself she was beautiful she was black she was strong but that's because she grew up in the struggle my grandma fought for the in the civil rights movement so she had to tell herself these things um so I think for me the self-confidence self-worth is going to be a big thing that I'm going to talk to Amelia about to make Mm -hmm. sure she understands I think parents need to be aware of the environment their children are in as well because the parents can have other things going on they've got work they've got bills they've got goals first mortgage second mortgage whatever but you need to pay attention to what environment your child's in and what impact that could be having on them because yeah. mm-hmm. we move into different areas, put our kids there, etc. But we need to stay privy to what that child could be experiencing on a day-to-day basis and how it's making them feel. I remember crying to my mum and like, yeah, eight, like, please bring me back, bring me back. So she was aware, but she was just like, Raquel, it's for your education, you'll thank me later. So you've got to like stick it out. But um, yeah, your, your child might not tell you what they're going through. They could just be suffering in silence. So you need to stay woke as to what your child could be experiencing. Yeah. I mean, I think parents do things with good um, intentions. I don't think any parent does anything without thinking of putting their child's best interests at the forefront. Um, but yeah, it's just about instilling awareness and educating them. Um, and at the end of the day, I still feel like... Um, I might to say, guys. child <laughs> may still feel like how they're feeling because essentially they didn't make the decision for themselves um and this is something that i've thought about where i'm gonna move to as well like it's predominantly a white area so yeah mr lucas is going to be with his spiky hair or whatnot i don't know (laughs) but it's up to him he has the choice like be who you want to be at the end of the day i'm not gonna force you like you're gonna know where i'm from you're gonna hear how mommy speaks hear how daddy speaks and at the end of the day you adopt who you are as a person and i'll support you regardless yeah yeah oh this parenting shit man <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot to think about that no one you know ever it's so important such an important role yeah like, it's an important role. i've been saying to people that i think when people become parents we can't rely on the government to help us but i feel like you know how you've got that key stage of education they should have key stages of parents for parents because you get pregnant you have a baby it's just okay figure it out like obviously everyone does things their own way but there are some like sure wins or principles that people should probably have to help guide them in the process because that leads to all the disparities when people grow up but yeah i could go on and on about that let's not (laughs) (laughs) so again we've had a really great discussion um and it's time for our tap nips nips. you're mute (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I'm out I'm, I'm here I'm here <laughs> what we got shells um so top mip for me would be self-esteem 
building, developing your child's self-esteem, helping them to become aware of their self-image, knowing who they are. It's very key. It doesn't matter what race you are. That is very, very important for your development as a human being. Mine is pay attention, pay attention to your child's surroundings. Um, if, they, if they're not in diverse surroundings, how you can enrich them in those ways. And also be aware that your child might not vocalise things to you. But as a parent, you should hopefully pick up on any struggles they're having and be ready to have those conversations with them. And mine would be history. Look at your history, understand your history and talk about your history. So that is another episode from us guys. Thank you for the support. Um, please, our next episode is Dilemmas. So get in touch. The link for Curious Cat, which is anonymous, is on our Instagram link tree. It's at Mama Drama Pod. Our Twitter is also at Mama Drama Pod. Uh, Facebook is Mama Drama Pod. Or you can email us at mamadramapod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.